Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by our sheriff. I'm with Steve Frank. Steve, thanks so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. So, let's see, you were elected in November 2018, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, so you've been at this for uh, about four years now, close to it. Well, I'm in my fourth year, yes. In your fourth year. So, I want to talk a little bit about some of your accomplishments, what you've done, all that, but for those listening, tell us first off, what exactly does the Green County Sheriff do? <laughs> well, you know, the Sheriff's Department on it, we have a total of, honestly, 85 employees there at the Sheriff's Department. Um, now, that's counting the jail employees and the on the, uh, the patrol side. Um, you know, as the, the sheriff, we're over... Uh, security at the court courthouse. Uh, you know, I have uh, bailiffs over there. I have a senior bailiff over there uh, that takes care of all the courts. Um, and then the uh, uh, on the sheriff's department side, we have uh, patrol deputies, captains. It's just like a police department. Uh, but there are some things that we do uh, that a police department don't have to do. Uh, and it, it's a lot of civil uh, issues. Uh, you know, there's there's people that will go to court and. Uh, want to sue somebody personally, um, we have to take care of that on the sheriff's department side. Uh, the paperwork will come from the courthouse, then we'll have to go serve it on that individual. Uh, you know, I was a police chief for, um, well, I was at Marmaduke for 24 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I worked on patrol and did CID work and stuff up there for three years, and then I was a chief of police for 21 years. Um, when I came from... Uh, being a police chief compared to a sheriff, it, it, it's totally different. Um, in what way? Like, what was the biggest difference that you noticed? Um, at, you know, as, as a sheriff, and you know, even in the city of Paragol, we still have to serve civil papers in the city, not just the county. And like some on on the civil issue, somebody may have a land dispute. Okay. Uh, you know, they're saying your fence is on my property. And the other owner says, no, it's on my property. Well, they're going to sue each other, and it has to go to court, and a judge has to uh, determine who owns yeah. that property. So can you help me with that? Because I might have an issue there. <laughs> <laughs> While you're here. While you're here. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what you are involved in, the county's involved uh, Yes. In okay. And I did not know that. A lot of people think that as, the, as me, if I come out there or one of my deputies come out there, that what we say – that's the way it's going to be. It's not. Mm. Uh, and trying to get people to understand a civil issue is is not breaking the law on our part. It has to be determined by a judge. Are there a lot of civil issues out there? Oh, a, a bunch. <laughs> every day. We really? Get every Daily? Day. Daily. And is it usually over land disputes? Yeah, land disputes. It may be something where um, somebody's dog, your neighbor dog, come over there and might kill a chicken or a <laughs> uh, a little calf or something like that. It, that type of dispute. That's and y'all send someone out there, and then you just start questioning mm-hmm. and write up a report, and then it goes to court. Correct. We may tell them, well, yes, there is some criminal act here. Then we'll take care of it. But if we if we figure out that now this is a civil issue, then you have to take it to court. That we tell them the process of going up to the courthouse, filling out the paperwork, the proper paperwork. The judge will review it, and then um, it gets sent out, sent out to us to go serve these individuals to appear in court and plead their case on 
the civil okay. issue. Does that make up the majority of your calls? Probably like it, it when you think about the crime or any of the stuff that you, it comes across your desk. Is it mainly the civil stuff, or is it drug related, or is it something totally different? Well, no, it's it's all of it. I mean, you know, you know, as a police officer in the county, we still have to go on calls of accidents. We we have. Uh, uh, you know, criminal investigators. We have uh, drug task force officers that work nothing but drugs. I mean, we still have to do like police work, like as a city police. But we then we have to deal with the county yes. stuff too. So, what is the tell me about the um, about the investigating unit or the task force? Like, so y'all get a you get a lead or whatever that somebody is. I don't know. They're cooking meth or something's going on. Like, what is the process of how y'all implement? finding out what's actually happening there and if there's anything going on like is it immediately like is it like is a patrol show up out there or is it immediately like hey this is drug related so we're going to send the drug task force and so like what do they do like how does that work yeah um i am the the very first sheriff in the county to assign agents to a drug task force um in the process of doing that you we have a director out of Little Rock for the DTF. I had to talk to him, and then you have a DTF office in Jonesboro. And to be able to get into that, uh, the the director of Little Rock has to approve it, and then there's um, paperwork that has to be filled out. I have to sign it, director has to sign it, and the uh, office in Jonesboro has to sign it. So we're part now – I, we have six agents here in Green County. Um, part of the we call it the DTF North, hmm. um, and um, it's made up of agents here at the Sheriff's Department, and also have agents in Paragol Police Department. They wear plain clothes. You know, they could be walking down the street, and you'd never know that they're DTF agents. Really? Yes. Um, and normally, were, maybe I'm one, Robert. You I know it. I wasn't going to say. But we'll leave <laughs> so it there. So these guys are walking around. Can't, and what are they doing? Uh, they're undercover. <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, what we do when we get tips in that somebody may be cooking meth or um, the, or they're at a residence selling drugs, yeah. then um, we send that information to our drug task force and – they go out and they set up surveillance on a house or wherever that these drugs are being sold from. And we just gather inf- enough information to get a type up a search warrant. And then we send that search warrant to the judge and uh, the judge will review it. And uh, if he sees probable cause to go into that residence, then he signs off on it. And then, then at that time we get our SRT team, um, a SWAT team or whatever. And then we make entry on the house. Oh Yeah. That's what I want to be on the SWAT team. <laughs> You'd be good at that. I just want to drive the car or the, oh, okay. whatever it is that y'all drive. Um, so how long does that process take from the time that you get a lead to the time you can actually go in and you have a warrant for the, I guess, the search or whatever? It, 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 we could do it within a couple of days. Or it okay, may, so it, it may, can move pretty fast. Then. It could, or it could take six months. On okay. TV, it's like 30 minutes. Well, I know. <laughs> Yeah, every show and, I've seen. Yeah, and when you talk about surveillance, tell me about the surveillance. Because I'm, I mean, I, I'm just curious and all this stuff. I mean, I see all the movies, it, yeah. but like, yeah, what is, 
what does that consist of in your setup surveillance? I can't. Oh, you can't I, tell. I, you I, can't. I, okay, you can't tell us that. I can't satellites. Tell you. Okay, I can't tell a, you everything. Okay, how I many totally satellites understand. does the Greene County Sheriff's Department have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you actually set the camera so I know to block it? Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, that's great. No, that's excellent. So I do. I, one more question about the uh, DTF. Like, what does it take to actually become one of those agents? Like. I mean, do you have to have previous experience in law enforcement? How's that work? Like, because I would think that's it's a pretty important role. Right? It is, yeah. Uh, you need some um, time as a um, a police officer, a deputy. You need you need some road time. You um, you know, I'm not going to put somebody in there that's you know been employed for a year or two or anything sure. like that. Uh, Obviously, uh, you've got to trust those people. A correct. Lot. Yeah, you do. Uh, because a lot of times the uh, the DTF uh, they work their own hours um, because criminals don't have a uh, time clock. They yes, you know mm. they they don't check in. You know it's just all hours of night day. Yeah. It don't matter. So and you're not putting them on the website. Nobody knows who's on DTF, right? Correct. Yeah, you can't have it. Yeah. No, man. Yeah, that's cool. I did not know mm. any of that. I, tell me. So you've been. You said you're in the fourth year. Um, I'm curious, what's been the the hardest part of your job and what's been the best part of it? Being a sheriff, what's the hardest part of being a sheriff? Like I could tell you what's the hardest part of being a pastor or you could probably, Robert, tell me the hardest part of it's your job or whatever else it's like. For you, like, if you're a sheriff, like what's the hardest part of that? And then from your perspective, what's been the best part? Well, the hardest part, to be honest with you, um, making everybody happy mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, my job don't stop at my office every day at five o'clock. Um, you know, you can ask my wife, um, you know, I get phone calls all hour of the night, you know, it's, uh, um, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And what are the phone calls going to be typically for a sheriff? You're getting calls that late at night. It's going to be, well, it could be drug activity. It could be, you know, uh, people with family problems. Um, um, child abuse. I mean, I get, I get every. If if you could think of a phone call, I get it. Child abuse. Like, why are those coming? Like anything that is, anything in the county at all. Like, why is that coming to the sheriff? Because in my mind, I would think through like, oh, there's got to be so many layers between the sheriff and all of the stuff that really happens in the ground level. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like you're still even, like you said, after five o'clock you're still fielding a bunch of stuff that's just happening on the ground, right? Correct, yes. Yeah, I would not have known that. Oh, yeah. Now it, my job, hopefully I get to go to bed at 11, 12 o'clock at night, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. And then you still have people who aren't happy. Well, the, that that's the hard part because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of stuff when they call me, there's problems and they sure. want it fixed. You know, and when I say they're not happy, it's not going fast enough for them. And that's the hard part for me because I know that they're hurting and they're in yes. pain and you want to fix that. 100%. And um, there's procedures and, and, and ways you have to go about it. And sometimes it's not fast. It takes a while. Yes. I just had this conversation over lunch with a friend. Our social security number got stolen recently. Mm-hmm. And... My insurance, our insurance got messed up. Credit got messed up. Had to get rid of new credit cards. All this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I always feel like I'm in so much more of a hurry than everyone else to get the problem fixed because it's my problem. Or it's like if you go to the hospital, right? And you're there, and it's like, hey, take care of my issue. But they've got all these other issues too. Where all these other patients are also saying, take care of me right here, right Correct. now. 
That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I go through. That's hard. Yeah. On a daily basis, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Daily. What has been the, the best part about it? What um, have you enjoyed the most about it? When you do get stuff done and you know that you, uh, you're, you're helping people and um, um, you can see the satisfaction in their eyes, you know, their relief, I guess. Um, you know, I'm just now starting this year my 28th year in law enforcement, complete, you know, a complete. And, you know, knowing that you're helping people and when you, they come up to you on the street, and said, "Hey, you've straightened my life out. You, you know, you've helped my family. That's mm-hmm. what that you strive for. You know, as a police officer, or sheriff, or anything in law enforcement, that's what you strive for. Is that why you got into this job to begin with? To help people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you a story. Why I really <clears throat> wanted it and got into it. Uh, it's my life story. Um, years ago." Uh, I was young, and my grandmother was murdered in in Marmaduke. Goodness. Um, When was that? uh, 1987. Wow. Yeah. Um, And I guess um, my family went through a lot of pain at that time, you know, a lot of hurt. And the sheriff's department is the one that worked that case in Greene County. And – me as a, a young, to me, a young kid, and I went up there to the sheriff's department because I wanted some answers. And um, You're probably how old at the time, you said? Uh, at that time, I was 16, 15, 16-year-old. Yeah, teenager. Yeah, teenager. And, um, you know, the detectives there didn't have to talk to me. You know, it was my it was my grandmother, but they didn't have to talk to me. But they brought me in. And they discussed what they could with that case. Now, they, they, they got the guy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they discussed what they could. And you would not believe the relief that I had, what they told me. And um, Was it just knowing that they cared and they were doing something yes. about it? Yes. That's exactly what it was. And that they would talk to a teenager and tell me what they could tell me about sure. the case, you know. Rather than just kind of dismissing you. Correct. Go on your way. You're yes. too busy for this. Right. And um, um, we sat and talked. And uh, when I walked out of that sheriff's department, I thought, that's what I want to do. When you I were a teenager. Knew, yes. That's what I want to do. Um, and then, you know, and I was young. I say young. I was in my 20s when I started in law enforcement. And that's what I try to do now is my door is always open. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there may be stuff that I can't discuss about a case, mm-hmm. but I will talk to you about it if you call me because I know how I felt when they mm-hmm. talked to me about it. Wow. It was a relief. Yeah, so there's a deep emotional and relational connection to this job for you. Correct. It's not just uh, the paycheck or just no. getting to catch the bad guys. It's understanding what's behind mm-hmm. that these are real people are really hurting yes and we get an opportunity to meet them where they are in their hurt in their pain mm-hmm. and in some way bring some healing that's correct or at least some solution yeah correct yeah i had no idea 1987 yeah. or in marmaduke mm-hmm. i never even knew so um you've been sheriff now like you said for your fourth year i'm curious what are you most proud of and the work y'all have been able to do over that span of time well 
Yeah, that's fine. We can edit that out. So yeah. it's not big deal. Okay. Um, you know, when, when I came into the office in, in January of 2019, the, f- the first thing that I did was look over the budget and seen, <clears throat> and seen where we were at. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like it because we were, <clears throat> we were um, the sheriff's department was in the hole. Um, in the hole? Yes. Like negative. In, okay. Several hundred thousand dollars in the hole. How does that happen? Um, not watching your budget throughout the year. Spending more than you make. Correct. Yeah. yeah that Same way it happens in our own, we, the way yeah. we get in debt in our own households or whatever. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, in which, and then at the end of the year, our quorum court has to come up with the money to zero that balance out. You know, whether it's from um, um, reserves, money in the reserves, uh, but they have to put that money into that account to zero that out, to zero balance. Uh, and I knew right then that, you know, as sheriff, I need to do something about that. So, Did you know going into it that you were going to have coming in in debt? No. So did you didn't not. know you were coming in the hole? No, did okay. not. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Here's all the money that you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, um, you know, and the thing of it is, you know, I have to work with a budget my very first year that I didn't make. You know, my in 2019, I didn't make that budget. You know, sure. I didn't prepare for that. So I still had one year that I had to make that budget work. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. almost kind of a wash then. Correct. That year. Yes. Um, so what I did, uh, I was trying to figure out ways to bring money into the, uh, the to the county, to the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to a few people. And uh, back when that jail was first built, the new jail, uh, there was a blue ribbon committee formed. Yeah. Do you remember that? I've heard about the Blue Ribbon Committee. Explain to me what mm-hmm. that was. Well, it, it's just it's a group of people here in Greene County um, that uh, uh, the judge uh, formed a, a committee. And what they did, they went around to different areas of the county, and they had uh, public meetings where people would come in from the public, and they would discuss, this is why we need to build a new jail, to, to get a new tax, uh, sales tax, uh, voted on to help build this new jail okay this is why we need it and that blue ribbon committee would you know they went to marmaduke they went to every little town uh different places here in perigul and had these meetings and people in the public would come in um you know and and sure enough the the tax was passed uh and then the jail was built but i remember they come to marmaduke when i was chief of police and um, um we had the meeting and, and the, the big thing were that the jail was going to be big enough where um, if the sheriff wanted to, they could rent bed space out to different counties. And the sheriff oversees the jail, right? Correct. By the way. Okay. Yes. Uh, you, you have, that's got to be, and I want to get back to your story, that's got to be a big job. Huge. Very big job. Um, like what is that? What's, what's, what does that entail? Like I can't, even, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like what does it mean to kind of oversee a jail? What all goes into that? Oh, you have a total separate budget from the sheriff's department side to run that jail. Um, the new jail right now, counting the old the the um, the old jail and the new jail, there's 485 
beds in that jail. Oh, wow. So we can house up to 485 people. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand how that jail works. You know, there's things that we do in that jail, um, you know, as uh, admin that we have to obey by what the state law says. You know, there's things that we have to give them that the state says we have to give them. Um, um, there's there's a lot of money that goes into that jail, um, a lot of upkeep. Um, you know, you know, we get how much does it cost to run the jail? Basically, a year. You know, that number off the top of your head. Oh, the the, the budget to run yeah, it and the county employees, yeah. uh, two and a half million, three okay. million, yeah, yeah, around in that area. Okay. Um, but you know, we have um, people from Little Rock that come in as jail standards. We get audited from jail standards every year. And we have to be, what jail standards says, we have to be um, 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 compliant with jail standards. Uh, They can come in, and if your jail's not compliant, they can shut you down uh, for the county. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot that we have to do to, you know, to keep the jail standards up, the, the rules that go in to what our jail staff have to do every year, you know. And do we house people from all over, or is it just, like, mainly Greene County? Like, if you get in trouble in Greene County, you go to the Greene County Jail, is that how it works, or no? Yeah, normally, yes. Yeah. Okay. If you get in trouble in Greene County, you go to, to, to the jail out there on the rocking okay. chair. And yeah. how long are people typically there at the longest? Well, if, um, like, misdemeanor charges, yeah. you can you could be up there up to a year. Okay. Um, felony charges, um, um, you could be there anywhere between, it depends on your charge as a felon, before you go to court. Okay. Um, you know, we Not have... Long. Court keeps getting pushed back, you're correct. just still there. Yeah, you're still there. Is it, I'm, I'm curious on this, and I want to get back to, we were talking about, you know, coming in in the hole and, and getting out of that and the, with the committee, but of the people that, from our county, that are going to jail... Are are a majority or even half of those mainly repeats, or I mean, how does that work? You know, you you hear before that like, whatever twenty percent of people make up eighty percent of crime or something like that. You know, that's how the saying goes. But it's like, is that true? Like, is the majority of the people that are coming in and out of the Green County Jail repeat? They offenders? are. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's so sad to me. Like I've heard that before from Don mm. that uh, something like that. It's just this idea of like, man, generational. You know, um, yeah, there's just generational brokenness, right? Or whatever else you want to call it. It's just hard to break that cycle. Yeah. Like once it started, it just kind of keeps going. So yeah. you were talking about, though, like this, this committee, they're going around, they're telling people about, hey, we need to get this tax passed so that we can get the new jail. And how did that tie in to what you were talking about with eventually getting y'all out of the hole, like moving y'all okay. into a healthy place financially? Yeah. Um, what I did, um, um, I got a meeting with the uh, U.S. Marshals, and um, uh, part of that meeting was that uh, the U.S. Marshals, uh, we went into contract with them to house some of their inmates. And mm-hmm. that contract, the U.S. Marshals paid us so much money per inmate per day to house them. So U.S. Marshals inmates being housed here? In Greene County, correct. And where are these inmates coming from? All over the state of Arkansas. All over the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's one thing I can, this has been brought up to me before because people were afraid once that the courts were done, the federal courts were done with these inmates, that I, that I released them out into the, the public here in Perigal. That's not That's not true. Um, when they're done with court. So they're saying Steve Franks is bringing in all these criminals and making Paragold just like an island of misfits or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just break them in. Yep. That, that was what was being talked about when this when we first started doing yeah. this. Um, but uh, when they are done with federal court, if they get sentenced to federal prison, then we have to load them up and take them back to Little Rock. And then the U.S. Marshals take they they take custody of them again, and then they send them wherever they want to send them. Um, but if the they go to federal court and and they don't get sentenced to federal prison, and they get uh, like federal probation, they have to pay a fine. We still ship them back to Little Rock for processing. They're never released in Greene County ever. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever? This is the uh, I'm 39 years old, but I basically am like a little boy sometimes in my and <laughs> my questions that I ask, has there ever been a inmate that came through in your time there that you're like, it's an intimidating person? Uh, yes. That you're like, we yes. got to really watch. Yes, we do. Okay. I didn't know, if, you know, if you guys have been doing it so long or whatever else, it's just like, eh. You know. uh, no. No. You, it, it don't matter if it's a federal prisoner or if it's a local inmate here in town. Yeah. You always have to keep your guard up. I mean – you know, and there are some repeats that uh, that come in there that you know them and they're really harmless, but you know they go out and get intoxicated and they get picked up and brought in there. They're harmless. You know they'll they'll spend their twelve hours and yeah. we'll let them out. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you do run across some that uh, a lot that you you never you just stay on about. alert. Yeah, you yeah. do. You're on alert. Yeah. So we're bringing in now these inmates that are we make money by housing them. So it's not just cost. It's not not only is it not costing us, but we're actually making money by bringing them in. And has that been one of the ways that we've been able to pull out of that deficit? Yes. Yes. You know, the, the U.S. Marshall contract is the biggest contract that we have. Um, you know, like I said, when I came in in 2019, we were in the hole. The money was – there was no money there. We was just barely scraping by. Uh, so within the first three years that I was in, that I've been in office, we go from – Zero money till we now have $5.2 million in the bank. Wow. And that was in like a little over a two-year span? Correct. You're in year four, and the first year you said it was not your budget? Correct. Jeez. Yes. And the majority of that money is coming from that contract? Uh, yes. So does that wow. does that fill up the jail? Is it no. is it full? No. Still got room? Yeah, we still have room. Okay. How yeah. many do we typically house? Uh, between on federal prisoners, or are you talking about all? I guess all of it. You said there's 495 total total beds, beds yeah. And how many beds do we usually have filled? Uh, 350, 360, okay. Okay. yeah. Are we wanting to keep it there, or do y'all have a vision for eventually being like, let's fill, let's have 495, we have 495 beds, 495 inmates? If I mean, how's that? No, okay. I don't want to go there. Okay, no. I didn't uh, figure it was one of those things where it's just like, hey, let's keep on, just yeah. you know. Hundred Well, you know, when it, when it comes to the federal uh, prisoners, uh, we are now, to be honest, I met with the U.S. Marshals again last week, um, and they have put us as Greene County as the number one sheriff's department in the whole state. Really? Yes. Why? Like what classifies us as the number one? Um, 
Well, number one, housing prisoners, you know, we'll, we'll house between 100 and 125 federal inmates. Um, but we're never late for an appointment, you know, because we still have to transport them to court. Or if they have to go to a doctor, we have to transport them to the doctor uh, or to the dentist or to an eye doctor. We have to transport them. Mm. And um, we're never late for an appointment. They're always in Little Rock for court on time. Um, they have zero issues out of Greene County, the U.S. Marshals do. And they have ranked us, again, number one in the state. Um, That's got to feel good. It does. It does feel good. Um, especially this has never been done in the history of Greene County for the Sheriff's Department to bring in that kind of money. Uh, We are self-sufficient. We do not rely on the general fund of the county. Um, So everything that we're making now, we fund ourselves. We pay the salaries. 100% we fund ourselves. Have y'all been able to pay better because of that? Correct. Um, you know, there again, um, when I first come into office, I was looking at the pay for the jailers and also um, as the deputies and everybody, you know, the secretaries, everybody. You know, I was looking at that and I thought, wow, you know, uh, they might be making a living, but that was about it. And that's not a job that you uh, – probably just want to pay the bare minimum. Correct. I mean, I remember this, this, this is before your times. So this mm-hmm. is not a, a knock on, on you or anybody else that's currently in administration or anything, but I remember when I would go and visit inmates and they would tell me they could get drugs. And that it, I was like, you know, I was, I was, I remember one time talking to a woman and I was like, her name was Diane. I was like, well, at least you're here and now you don't have to worry about the addiction. She said, no, 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 I'm still able to get everything I need. And at that point, this is now, this has been seven, eight years, nine years ago, something right. like that. And she said, I can get it through the jailers. And I was sort of thinking about it and it's like, well, man, like, you're, it's a high risk job. It's a very stressful job. You're paying them peanuts at that point. It's like, good luck getting really good quality help. So I'm glad to hear that you came in and you saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, first thing I looked at the budget. The next thing I looked at what we were paying these people. The, uh, you know, putting their life on the line every day, every day. Literally. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I went to the quorum court and I said, "Look, we need to do something." And they agreed 100. percent But at that time, the money was not there. It was not there to on pay raises at all. And what the quorum court told me, you show us the money and you show us the need, how can we say no to you? So that's when things started turning. And and uh, so now the money's there. I can show them the need. Um, and we have uh, – on the pay raises, we're 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 not. I'm still not up to where I would like to be for these people, mm. you know. Uh, but we went from as a jailer, thirteen, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour, uh, starting out now at eighteen, eighteen fifty, and yeah. making up to twenty bucks an hour as a jailer. It's a big difference. Yes, and you know, in the same way with a deputy, you know, uh, we went when I first came in, they were making fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour as a deputy. 
And now we've got it up to, uh, you know, I start out a, uh, a deputy at 1850 mm. and they can make all the way up as a road deputy to right at $21 an hour. Mm. And of course, if you get promoted to sergeant on up, it just, you know, sure. it, the pay still goes up from there. Sure. Um, but that was a big accomplishment, Absolutely. bringing the money in, yeah. being self-sufficient at the jail and getting pay raises. Well, now you're increasing the quality of the life of the people who live here. Correct. In our community by doing that. Yes. What else would you say, something you're proud of as you think of your time um, that you've had so far working as sheriff? Uh, uh, there again, when I came into the office in 19, um, I felt like the sheriff's department was behind the times uh, on equipment. Uh, there again, trying to find the money to buy this stuff sure. is very expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, now... In every sheriff's vehicle, you know, I have I have purchased uh, body cams for the deputies, uh, in car cameras for the uh, patrol units, uh, computers uh, are installed in in the uh, deputies' vehicles where um, before they went on a call and they needed to do a report, they would have to drive all the way back to the office to do their report on a computer inside their office mm-hmm. inside the building. Now. They can get off of that call, go down the road to a parking lot somewhere and sit there and type their report and hit submit, and it automatically uploads. Hmm. And that saves a lot of time and keeps the deputies on the road. Yeah. So. Seems much more efficient. Correct. Yeah. Um, the um, um, Bringing in also that money, you know, when they built the, the jail, they had, the county had to have a, a sales tax. So with all this money coming in for renting these bed space out, uh, we was able to pay the jail off a year and a half early, almost a year and a half to almost two years early. Mm. And when that, when we paid that off, that took the sales tax away from the people of the County. Oh, nice. They didn't want to pay it anymore because we paid the jail off early. Mm. Uh, so that sales tax, nobody wants to uh, pay more taxes. Absolutely. You know, so we were able to take that tax off. We well, don't have to pay the tax anymore. Yeah. And I say y'all. And those are things we don't even think about, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I know tax. you do. <laughs> I'm glad uh, that you do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's money that, you know, if you go to Walmart or out to eat or anywhere like that, that tax is gone. You don't have to pay that anymore because the jail's paid off early. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it wasn't easy, you know, getting all this um, uh, done within, what, two and a half years, actually. It's a lot. Um, you know, I can say this is what i done. No, I had the vision. This is what I wanted to do within my first term. Mm. Uh, but it takes more than just me. You know, I had a group of people. I can't do it by myself. Mm. Um, you know, I had, you know, a group of people in the sheriff's department that has to work with me to make this happen. And that's the employees at the sheriff's department in the jail. You know, it takes a group of people to do this, to make this happen. I had the vision, I guess you'd call it, that this is what I wanted done, but it takes a group to to get it done. hundred percent. You talk about that, that vision for your first term. I know you're expecting hoping for a second term. Why don't you share with those who might be on the fence a little about your vision, about why you think they would be wise, why it would be good for our community 
to vote for you a second term. Yeah. Well, there again, I, I have the passion for law enforcement. I love it. Um, it's a whole lot of hours that I have to put in. Um, you better have a passion for it from working that many hours. I right? promise you, yes. Because, like I said, it don't stop at five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, I feel like the progress progress that that I've made that my employees have helped me do. Uh, I would love to to continue that. Um, you know, the financial burden that the county had, uh, we have that fixed now on our side. Um, you know, the quorum court's great to work with me. Um, um, I just want to continue. I just want to keep building the sheriff's department up and I want to show the, the people in the, in the County, Hey, look, this is what we're doing and we're not costing you money and, 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 and we're helping you or your family in this County. That's what I want to continue doing. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. You know, and, Speaking of the repeats that we have in the jail, um, you know, I've got to looking at that back in uh, 2019, uh, you know, you know, getting with Don and, and my, my uh, chief deputy, you know, I wanted to know, you know, what can we do to stop this? Uh, people just coming back into jail, getting out, coming back. So what I, what, what I done, I started a work release program, and it is the first one that's been done in a jail in the state of Arkansas. Uh, what is it exactly? Okay. I've heard of it. You have heard of it? I have heard of it, but yeah. Okay. What we do, um, if somebody gets arrested for a felony charge, you know, it could be drugs or it could be a theft charge or something like that. We'll look at their 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 background uh, because I'm not going to put anybody violent into this program and uh, – um, what it is is that, you know, we get with the prosecutors, uh, we get with their attorneys, um, and if they qualify for this program that we started, uh, they can come into the program. Instead of getting sentenced to prison, everybody messes, not everybody, most people will mess up. Sure. You know, yeah, I agree with that. And prison's not the answer, the, mm-hmm. the, the end answer for everybody. Yeah. Um, so, I started this program instead of sending them to prison. If they qualify for this program, they'll come. They'll stay at the Greene County Jail, and the prosecutor and their attorney will agree. Well, let's not send them to prison. We'll put them into this program for 120 days. And we have um, gotten with uh, employers here in Paragol, uh, you know, factories. And, uh, you know, they don't have to be a factory, um, you know, uh, a flying service or whatever. And they're 100% on board with this. And if they qualify for this program, we help them get a job at these factories. And if they have fines that they have to pay, if they have child support they have to pay, uh, if they don't have a driver's license, we'll help them get their driver's license back. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, And, and. We put them. We, we have a uh, a forty bed part of the old jail. There's forty beds over there, and we have redone that area, and and repainted and and set that up. That's where they go. They are they're not under constant uh, security. I guess they have a little bit more freedom because mm-hmm. they get to go out into the public and work. 
Sure. Uh, they wear, you know, plain clothes to work. Uh, but they're paying for their self to be into this program. Mm. Um, so by state law, um, say they go to this factory and the factory hires them and they make $18 an hour. I'm just going to throw a number out there. Sure. That week, that check comes to the sheriff's department and we have a finance director. Um, we have an account set up for that person. That check goes into that account. By law, we can take a percentage of that check and pay their fines uh, or pay their child support or take money out to pay for their driver's license to get everything clear off of their record before this 120 days is up. That's great. Whatever is left in their account when that 120 days is up, we write them a check. Some people walk out of there with $3,000, some of them $5,000 in their pocket. And you're setting them up to succeed. Exactly. If they want to, if they want to do it, they got to want to do it. Right. Um, now will you have a, a couple not heads, I guess you'd call them that, uh, once they get out of this program, they might quit that job. Yes. You're going to have that, but there's nothing we can do about that. Sure. Um, but I, we you're have the opportunity. Correct. Right now we have probably an 80% success rate with this. Um, you know, another, you asked me earlier about an accomplishment that, that I, that we've done. Um, when I'm at Walmart or at a restaurant and I have somebody come up to me that's been in this program that is holding their kid, um, Mm. um, got back together with their family. They have come up to me before and said, sheriff, whatever you do. Do not get rid of this program. You gave me a chance where nobody else would. Mm-hmm. And I and I would tell them, look, yeah, I gave you the opportunity, but you're the one that did it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they would tell me that they would go fill out an application. Well, they might have a felony on their background, and the companies won't hire them. But in this program, they're guaranteed they're going to work for 120 days mm-hmm. at whoever hires them. They're guaranteed they're going to be there. They're telling me that that's the chance that they got to be able to get back on track. They didn't. They used, they they would tell me they didn't have the money to go buy them a you know an older car to get back and forth to work or um, to to have enough money to rent a house. Mm-hmm. And now they do. Yeah. And this program. Um, it gives them a chance to, to start over. Yes. And, and and I've had people come up to me, in Walmart, like I said earlier, in Walmart to thank me for allowing them to be in that program. It's got to feel good. That feels great. That's the kind of stuff that, that, that I enjoy being sheriff for and to, to help people. And when you got that, it almost brought tears to my eyes because this little girl, I'm going to guess probably five or six years old, grabbed and hugged my leg when I was talking to her father because when he was out on the street, they were separated and he, he didn't get to see the kids, but now they're, they're living together. They're back together and he gets to be a father again. That's what I enjoy, man. So this program, Green County jail, bringing families back together, man. (laughs) (laughs) I've just never heard of anything like it. It's, It's incredible. Well, like I said, this is the only program in the state 
of any sheriff's department that's doing this. We've had other sheriffs and other jail administrators come to our jail and ask us how this program's working. Mm. Um, the the um, um, the jail standards. The guy that's over it has come down, and he he loved it. He's never seen anything about it or uh, before in, in a jail. And he has asked us to, to come down to Little Rock and and talk in front of his committee and let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. And he would like to see other jails in the state do the same thing. Now we, of course, the, with the COVID and everything else that hit, we haven't made our, hadn't made it down to Little Rock yet. But I think we eventually will. That's great. Well, you've obviously the numbers speak for themselves. You know, is what you just shared is that you've uh, and like you said, your team have been able to do a great job. And so um, I'm thankful for the work that you put in. I'm sure that you, like you said, whenever you get a call, it's probably not usually going to be a, hey, just want to call and tell you how great of a job you're doing. It's usually people in this line of work are going to get a complaint, right, or someone who's upset about something. And so thank you for your perseverance. It's another P. You said passion (laughs) and progress. I would say perseverance. So uh, thank you for persevering and continuing to see through kind of this vision. I love the story. I love the heart behind why you're doing what you're doing. And so really glad that you chose to be with us today and share your heart with us and your vision and some of what you guys have been able to accomplish and what you hope to continue to accomplish. Um, You know, we always end each podcast with these rapid fire questions. And I ask everyone, so I know you're going to be excited about this. So you ready for the questions? I don't know. <laughs> you're about to find out, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you feel like you're being interrogated now? Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, so these are pretty easy. What is either the last show you watched or a book you read? Or it could be a movie if you're not a show guy. Uh, are, you, are you talking about at home or at the Yeah, at home, for sure. Oh, actually, it was... Uh, I'm, want, I'm wanting to get to know Steve on the personal level at this uh, point. What is that? Oh. Uh, Mark, Wal- Mark Wahlberg over the uh, when he was on that old this guy probably when he was on that old ring when he was on the oh old the old ring. oh yeah uh, movie uh, movie um, hmm. Mark Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg oil rig let's oil just rig call movie. it oil rig oh movie. no what is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna consult <laughs> you're gonna remember it as soon as we stop recording I promise you so man that's hey, not fair Robert's gonna find Deep it Deepwater Horizon that is it there it is man Deepwater Horizon I love that movie I've never I seen it I did see it, it it's, that's a true story it uh, is a true story that thing out in the gulf out there correct yeah. it is I've heard of it not watched yeah. it uh, favorite band or favorite song favorite band um, I don't know band um, I what love genre the, of music I, I love Darius Rucker Okay, fantastic. Uh, I like Darius Rucker, too. Yes. Very talented musician. Yes. Um, what's your favorite meal? Chinese. Right on. Amen. Yeah. I won't ask you to pick your favorite Chinese buffet, yeah. but I know hey. Robert's, I'm and it a, is. I'm a connoisseur of the Hunan <laughs> Chinese buffet. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> Robert and I, uh, true story, a little fun fact for all of you podcast listeners out there robert and i worked together for about a week at hunan's he continued to work for a long time i worked there for he actually had his uh, wedding reception at hunan's that's how big of a deal hunan's was to him big impact on my life big impact on your life the best time i don't know you're answering this robert when is the best time to eat a chinese buffet well it's right when they open is the best time or if if you're a dinner person and you don't want to do lunch or you can't do lunch go around between four and five o'clock 
There's a big difference between fresh. the fresh stuff Boy. and what's been at the bottom of the barrel. There you go. I'll have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. What is on your nightstand right now? You really want to know? I really want to know. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I figured. I was going to say your badge, something. It is. Um, um, yeah. I have, well, yeah, it's a gun. Okay. Uh, that works. Um, last two questions. Give us a snapshot, just an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. So what's just a, an ordinary moment in your life? Other people may not look at it and think it's a big deal, but to you it brings you a lot of joy. Uh, are you talking about in, in the past? or Just in your life just right in your now. day-to-day. Yeah, day-to-day life. What's a Something moment? you experience every day. Yeah, it brings but you happiness. To you. Oh, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, the house that I live at now, um, in my front yard, uh, I have a pond, and I, you have to understand, I get a lot of phone calls every day, uh, especially when I get home. And, you know, I can sit in my living room or sit on my carport and look out across there, and it's just peaceful. Um, and I guess that's my yeah, um, my calm, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing how nature can do that. Correct. Hundred percent. Last question: What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Which is something in your life, or it could be from your past accomplishments or anything that you're just really thankful for. Honestly, I can, to me, life itself. Um, you know, in my line of work, you see good things and you see a lot of bad things. Um, you know, we just had a family member have a heart attack yesterday. Mm. Uh, my dad has, you know, not, he's not in good health and, um, just to be able to get up and still do the things that, that, that the Lord lets you do. Um, because to me it's every, every day is in his hands, bottom line, um, and just life itself. Yeah. Well, that's a great answer, and I think a great place to end for now. And so, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy. I've known you for a while from afar, but I've never Mm -hmm. had an opportunity to just sit down with you and have a conversation, so I really enjoyed it. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. And that was the Sheriff, Steve Franks. Hey. I wish we could have even recorded the conversation after the conversation. Boy. It was so good. If people knew. If people knew. Man, I am so thankful for the work that he has done. Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't know a lot of that. That's stuff. what I was going to say. I, that, I feel it, because the sheriff is a political figure. I I wish I knew more of that. You know, and I think yeah, the, what it, was going on. Yeah, because it's good. It's good work. I was sitting there thinking, if I was in his place, I would want to start like a, a a website or a social media page or something yeah. that had all of that information those updates because it really is something to be proud of i mean the work they've done and the work release program all of that amazing that's changing lives yeah i would champion everything he's doing from what i've heard today and um i just feel like more people need to know it this podcast will help but yeah you know something like that would be helpful very good yeah good job Uh, steve thanks so much for making time to be here and 
If you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, as always, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we do what we do because of you. So um, if you've not checked us out on our different social media platforms, please do that. We're primarily going to be on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we do have a website, paragoldpodcast.com. Um, and if you've not already done this, please go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That uh, doesn't just like give us a pat on the back. It, it really does help people find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people living here in our community. And so as always, thanks for listening. Until next time.